For the last week in November, we're going to go back to the first week in November, back to Jackson, California, when we were at the Mother Load of Paraquest. I'm going to play back for you the two final interviews recorded there. First, Dr. Jeff Dwyer, who's a researcher, he's a psychic, he's an author, he's a paranormal investigator, and he's been a friend, a good friend for going on 10 years now. Over on the other show that I do besides Paranormal Perception, The Geek Speak Show, that's where we first met and where I first had him on the show. And he it's become a tradition. He kicks off every single Halloween episode over on the Geek Speak show. This is also the first time that we've actually done a face-to-face interview. It's always been on the phone, so it wasn't until Paranormal Perception and the Mother Lord Paraquest and Jackson that we finally got to sit down face-to-face and had a pretty fun conversation, as always. So we'll start with that, Dr. Jeff Dwyer. And I'll come back and tell you, set up the second one, and then tell you where you can meet us. We're going to, again, take in paranormal perception on the road. I'll give you all the details on that at the end of the interviews. But first, here's the first one, Dr. Jeff Dwyer on paranormal perception. Paranormal perception is a full-bodied apparition summoned by... 22 Creations Multimedia, LLC. Taking a look at the unseen world around us. A world of shadows. Unheard whispers. I see you. Restless souls. Strange creatures. We'll explore these topics and more. Not for answers. It is called the unknown for a reason. Come and find me. By the end of this episode, you'll have a new perception on the paranormal. I'm watching Paranormal Perception. This week on Paranormal Perception, a guest that you, all of you who come, came over from the Geek Speak show, you should know the voice because he kicks off our Halloween episode every year. Now it's become tradition. You heard it again uh, last month when, when we did the Halloween episode. Dr. Jeff Dwyer, now we finally get to see each other. Jeff, how are you I'm doing? Great. It's good to be with you on camera and on microphone this time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I was saying, I, th- I think this is the first time we've ever done anything face to face. I think so. A lot of phone calls, but this is the first time. Yeah, so if you want to go ahead and say, hey, you do have a face for radio, go ahead. This is the place to say it. This is the place, yep. Yeah, okay. So, so um, on here, you brought your, your whole collection. Uh, those of you on this on the Paranormal Perception who may not know about your books, what well, you're going to want to because I know a lot of you get into like, oh, I like the ghost hunting. I want to become a ghost hunter. Well, Jeff has a book series called The Ghost Hunter's Guide to Many Different Areas. So yes. Let's start with that one first. How to? Why did you write that series, and why did you feel we needed a a book series? Well, I started writing a book called Ghost Hunter's Guide to the Bay Area because I grew up in Alameda, Mm -hmm. and I was very familiar with places all around the Bay Area, from San Jose to Marin County, San Francisco to Oakland, Hayward, all of that. And I wrote it largely for my friends. Uh, I put together all my information about investigations in haunted locations and sent it off to my literary agent, who actually found a publisher for it very quickly and the publisher liked the idea of doing a book about many different geographic locations so I did San Francisco, Los Angeles, Portland, Seattle, wine country, gold rush country, 
Also, one one book focuses on New Orleans, largely because the publisher is in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So it afforded me a chance to to go down to New Orleans every year for meetings and so forth. So uh, those are the books. I've revised the San Francisco book now, so there's two editions out. And also, uh, more recently, a second edition of New Orleans came out. So when when you write these books, I mean, again, because they are specific to an area, they, do they include specific instructions for ghost hunters in that area or how, how, how does it yeah work? i do i i recount the history of each spot and report any recent activity going on that may have been reported by local paranormal groups and i also report my uh, impressions when i go visit these places i've been to every place that are in my books i travel a lot to these places so i put that all together and then i may indicate if uh, evp has been most successful in one particular location or dousing rods or infrared photography so i'll highlight what most people have been able to use successfully in these locations because again a lot of people want to do this stuff on on youtube uh, you see unfortunately some that don't know what they're doing and it could be dangerous for them or just because of the environment around them so do you start it off like that the books that they start because the people i i you've given them to me so i know what's in there but mm-hmm. this is for them who haven't uh does it start out with is it basically uh a how-to step-by-step, you need this, 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 or how do you, how do you structure the uh, The books? first two chapters are basically um, directed towards the things you just talked about. The first chapter is really an introduction to the idea of ghosts, What, how do we define a ghost, and other paranormal activity. There's lots of other things besides ghosts that are paranormal. So I highlight those in the first chapter. The second chapter is methodologies that you might use, either technical devices or a psychic approach or blending both together. So those first two chapters can help even a beginner get going and ramp up their knowledge very, very quickly so they can go on to the next several chapters and investigate certain places that interest them. Yeah, now, unless you in the revision, then I haven't seen the, it's not it, but I don't remember this part being in there is again, because today everybody puts stuff on their phones, on YouTube, on, on everything. Do you have advice on what to put on YouTube and what you shouldn't put on YouTube or on YouTube? Not yet? Well, I... First of all, it ought to be valid evidence. Yeah. A lot of people put on uh, videos that don't really give us any conclusion about what we're looking at. It could be just a stray light. It could be orbs, which are very common, and most of the time orbs are not paranormal, unless there's corroborating evidence. So people put orbs on YouTube and don't present the corroborating evidence. So the video is really, lens. it's just useless <laughs> as a form of uh, evidence. And, and it may only be uh, just a, a casual report of what they experienced, nothing more. Yeah. Uh, so, I, again, without giving out the whole book, because we do want them to go to them, we'll tell you where to go in, in a second or to get them. Um, give them a little bit of advice for someone who's listening and wants to be, not, maybe not to put it on YouTube or, to, or, or even make it public, but they just want to start researching. How, what kind of advice would you give them? I think the most important thing is to do this for your own personal interests and don't get into paranormal investigation because you think you're going to become a YouTube star or something like that or get on Ghost Adventures. Uh, you have to have a sincere interest in it because it takes a lot of patience. You can go to a haunted location several times before you actually experience something that is uh, a true ghostly encounter. So you have to have a lot of patience. It really helps to identify a method that works well for you. Some people are really good with uh, camcorders. Some people are really good with audio recorders. Some people like dousing rods. 
Uh, others are into really high-tech stuff like uh, video surveillance equipment with eight or nine cameras, something like that. So you have to be really careful about that. So find something that works for you that, uh, that you think is going to be very successful and stick with it. Yeah, which actually leads to also not even an electronic tool or anything, but uh, one of your other books, Psychic. A lot of people yeah. do have some psychic, but may not, they may not even know they have. So That's right. talk a, lot, a little bit about that. A lot of people have innate sensitivities and receptivities to psychic phenomenon. It can be developed. And one of my textbooks is called Psychic, and it uh, is designed to help people go from having little or no abilities to ramping it up to a very high level so you can use a psychic method to investigate ghosts and I think that's the most productive form of paranormal investigation because uh, many times technical devices don't show anything or what they show is is very hard to interpret but uh, psychic encounters can be very frequent very vivid and longer lasting than the the uh, evidence that you might find with a technical device and, and you, we've talked about it on, on shows before, but uh, for this audience who maybe, maybe didn't hear those shows, w having psychic abilities, that doesn't mean that you can read minds or anything like that. It's something as simple as you, know, you just get this feeling and somehow yeah. it comes through. It's, it's exactly. things like that. It's not about uh, telling fortunes or predicting the future for somebody yeah. or something like that. Not at all. What it is, it's a process of ramping up your innate sensitivity to all the paranormal activity around us so that you can see it more clearly, hear it more clearly, and have these more vivid experiences. That's really all it is. Yeah, so, so you know, go ahead, give them the, I'll put on the description, but go ahead, give them the website where they can find it. Sure. Uh, my books are all at Amazon.com. That's the easiest way to go. Just put in my name, Dwyer, comma, Jeff, and you'll find two or three pages of my books on paranormal investigation. Now, if you guys are wondering, well, why should I buy Jeff Dwyer's books? I mean, what experience does he have? So let's, let's talk about that. I mean, I, obviously, I know it over all the mm -hmm. years that I've known you. But for those who may not, go ahead and tell them your, the origin story. How, how did you know you had the gift and all of that? It started with me about 12 years old, as it does with many people uh, when going through that puberty period. I think that's probably what the basis of it is. Uh, I had an experience at Brookdale Lodge, another one in Alameda where I grew up. I saw a sailor walking past our house dressed in a sailor's outfit that looked not at all like what I'd seen around town when I was 12. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of sailors in Alameda at that time, and this fellow looked very, very different. Uh, he looked at me, and as I looked at him, I could see he had no eyes, just dark sockets. Yeah. He continued walking past our house and just disappeared from view, and that's when I knew I could see ghosts. Not too long after that, I was at Brookdale Lodge in the Santa Cruz Mountains and had an experience with the ghost of Sarah Logan. And that, uh, that experience was portrayed on the TV show Ghost Adventures when I visited the place with Zach and his crew. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it was just a matter of getting into more places. I used to go into uh, abandoned Victorian homes in Alameda. There used to be a lot of them that you could just walk in and I'd hear things in there, see things, hear footsteps walking around, doors opening and closing, lots of strange experiences. And so then I knew that I was a person who could see ghosts. And uh, once I got out of college and had more money to travel around, I started traveling all over the United States to haunted locations in Florida, Georgia, all across the South, Alabama, Louisiana, also to Arizona. And since I lived here in California, I visited the Gold Rush country quite often. And every time I came up here, I had paranormal experiences. 
And this led me to write my series of books. And through writing the books, I've been on TV shows like Ghost Adventures, Aftershocks. I've done TV uh, documentaries for uh, Comcast and, uh, and other production companies. And here I am today in Jackson, California at a Paracon. Yeah, so again, that's why you should you should go ahead and get the books uh, that that Jeff wrote. And, and those of you who are familiar with Jeff, yeah, that that that's the same Jeff Dwyer. You've seen him on on TV, you heard him on radio, you've heard him on on the other show that I have, the Geek Speak show. He's there all the time. So yeah, Jeff, highly respected. I mean, I think that's how I found you actually, because when I wanted to have a paranormal investigator on the other show, I started looking around and asking people, and your name actually came up a lot because you're great. You know, you're local. Glad to hear so. that. That's why you're still here all these years later. Yep. Um, so here, like you mentioned, we are in Gold Rush Country here in Jackson, California. Um, many people may not think that because when you when you think gold, I mean, we have the we have 49er for the team behind us. That's what they think <laughs> of the 49ers, the Gold Rush. Uh, but I would say because of that, the you know that would have brought in some criminal activity. People wanted gold, and you know they they didn't always go mining for it. They you know they, they may have Oh, murder yeah. people to get it so i'm assuming because because of things like that because of the greed because of all that there are there's some impressions there's a lot of activity here how, how haunted is or how, how active is jackson you know it's amazing it's still very active uh, not only with the ghosts from the the gold rush era but following that uh, the kennedy mine was operating here into the 1920s and they had a a cave-in that uh, trapped i think 45 men yeah who died in that mine. And uh, so, you know, there's still a lot of paranormal activity attributed to that. But there are also more recent ghosts here. There's accidents on the highway. Uh, there's natural deaths that have occurred in some of these houses in this town. And the ghosts of those people are still walking around here as well. Yeah, Kennedy Mine right up the hill here from where we are. Uh, so tonight as we're recording this, and you guys will probably get to see it on on, uh, on our Vimeo channel because I'm going to take the cameras out there. But where, which uh, which location are you going to be at? I'm looking forward to the courthouse. Uh, I haven't been in it before, and I want to go downstairs to where the jail cells are. Uh, iron bars tend to retain energy of people incarcerated in cells. And I use a technique called psychometry where I lay my hands on the object and... It increases my sensitivity and receptivity to paranormal activity. And so I think I can do that in the basement of the courthouse and get in touch with the ghosts of men who were incarcerated down there in those cells. So then you said you haven't been in, in there yet. So are you going to go in there earlier and see what you find or are you just going to go in cold and see what happens? I'm hoping to get in there by myself before everyone else goes in, people who are attending this conference, because mm -hmm. I do best when I'm in places by myself. And, and when when you lead the group and they come in, how 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 do you how do you lead an investigation, a public investigation? I think it's really important to have a little meeting first to get everyone kind of on the same page in terms of what we're doing, uh, because we don't want people operating technical devices and talking about what they're doing with their group and other people using a psychic method who really need more quiet atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, some people turn on electrical devices like a REM pod, which creates a lot of noise, and that completely ruins any chance a psychic investigator would have of, of sensing anything. So we have to have a meeting, get on the same page, decide which devices would be used, which ones would not be used, and try to stay out of everyone's way and respect each other's process of investigation. Yeah, are you, you going to do EVP sessions there? I no? like to do EVP, and when we do that, it's really important that there's only one person uh, speaking at at the time, we don't yeah. want three or four people trying to entice a ghost to 
create an audio recording. We need one person. Many people can have their audio recorders running so they can pick it up if something happens, but only one person should be speaking to whatever ghosts are present. Yeah, and when we did the event at the, uh, the Biltmore, I remember we were, we were doing a couple of EVP sessions, and, and Dave Schrader, who's been on the show a couple of times, he said, because I think somebody was whispering, don't whisper, because then it, you, know, you might think it's an EVP. It sounds a little bit more ghostly, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there, there's that. The, the other thing, that, the question that actually I was thinking about as you were saying that is, uh, and I don't know why I didn't think to ask you know, Doug or anybody else who does this, when it's a public investigation, not a private one or not one that you do on your own, when, you're, when it's a, uh, a public investigation, what happens to the research after? Do you get research or do you not? Some paranormal conferences uh, invite you to post your evidence on their website. They keep the website up for maybe a month after the paranormal conference mm-hmm. so people can view it. Uh, other people, if they get some really hot stuff, will go straight to YouTube. So uh, it's sometimes a, a good idea to search YouTube after a paranormal conference and see what you can find there. Uh, but I think it's a really good idea to have a, the paranormal conference website available for posting evidence. That's really great. Yeah, it's a, uh, when, when we first started having you on, on, on the show, on the other show that I have, um, you did say that you do investigate homes if you want to. Do you still provide that service? I, yeah, I do private home investigations for people who are troubled by paranormal activity. That's usually the case. Um, sometimes I'm getting calls from people who are simply wanting to know if a deceased family member is still present in the house. Um, that's not very often. More often it's because there's some bothersome activity going on that may be troubling to a young person, such as a child. Mm-hmm. So the homeowner wants to know what's there and how to get rid of it. And so you, you do help yeah. people cross over if they need to? Well, I help. Mostly it's banishing rituals. Um, I do sometimes help people cross over, but I have some mixed feelings about that because ghosts are usually here because... They want to be here or they have business they need to finish. And I don't want to force a ghost to forego that and move on to the other side if they have a good reason to be here. Uh, But usually it's just getting the ghost to move out of a place because it's troubling to, to living occupants. Yeah, the banishing, would you say those are more entities more than human spirits? It's it's more of the really nasty, rambunctious, troublesome people who may not uh, who may have died in the house decades earlier and now they don't like the people living in the house. Yeah. I have to remind the ghost that it's not their residence anymore. That's now owned by other people, so the ghost no longer has a right to live there, so you need to to convince them to move on. Yeah, and again, now that I have you in front of me, I can't believe I've never asked you these questions over all the years. Is Have you ever run into ghosts that, no matter what, don't want to leave? Like, well, I don't care. It's my house. I'm staying here. Yeah, I ran into a ghost in Alameda who just was insisting on staying. Um, there are some rituals that the occupants could use to quiet things down. Sometimes you can convince a ghost to stay in only one room of the house and not to go into the child's room, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've run into to one or two just too stubborn to move on. And and is there ever a point where you just give up and like, okay, go ahead. Well, I do what I can, you know, and I often can't go back to a house five, ten times to help. I'll advise the occupants things they can do to wear the ghost down. Often it's a battle of attrition. And that battle could take months sometimes before the ghost finally gives up. And I can't stay involved that long. Um, So, yeah, it takes a long time. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned you still do that sometimes. So, if mm-hmm. if somebody's saying, "Hey, I'm, I, I want Jeff to you know help us out with whatever we're going," where where can they reach out to you? My website www.jeffdwyer.com. You can connect with me through my website, which has my email address and my cell phone number on it. So you can give me a call. Yeah, and we're here at the uh, the Motherload Paracourse in Jackson. But besides that, weather events, whether this year or if you have anything planned for 2019 already where where can we see you next well uh definitely on uh the usual paracon in virginia city which comes up in may mm-hmm. there are some investigations at meek's mansion in hayward going on in march and i may be involved in those um i've spoken to one of the persons this morning who's involved in developing those uh meek's mansion is in hayward it's a beautiful huge mansion i think it's about twelve thousand square feet so it's big enough to allow a lot of space for people to go in and investigate uh, using methods that they feel most comfortable with. Um, looking forward to getting down to Winchester Mystery House on Friday the 13th. I think that comes up in January. Uh, yeah. I think there's a Friday the 13th in January, February. So if people go to my website, I do post a calendar as things develop so that if I have a book signing or something like that, you want to come over and meet. Uh, you'll be able to find out where I'm going to be on my website. Yeah, and you can also uh, uh, probably on YouTube look out for uh, the uh, the Ghost Adventures episodes that yeah. you've been on. Um, you were on with the Ghost Birds. I think those are they may be on Destination America. They may keep them archived there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but a lot of the TV shows that you've been on, they, you can find them on the web. If oh yeah, they they're around. So, yeah. so Jeff's appearances are on there, including this one. Uh, again, now thanks. Uh, you've been on, I think, all the shows that I that I've done through, throughout the years. So you know, always glad to have you. I'm glad that, that we get to talk face to face this time around. Real and, pleasure. Yeah, and you know, you're always welcome here on Paranormal. I know. Look forward to it. Thanks, Jeff. For the final interview recorded at Jackson, California, to sit down with Jay and Marie Yates. They are a husband and wife paranormal researching team. In there, they can find it. You can see him on Haunted Case Files on Travel Channel. Check your listings. Just premiered. I believe a week ago as we're recording this. So again, check your listings. It's on Travel Channel. And they are, like I said, the real deal. And as you'll hear in this interview, a lot of fun to talk to. So again, this is the last one, the last interview recorded at Jackson, California during the Motherlord Paraquest. Here is Jay and Marie Yates. And here we go again. We were live when we were doing this. Well, not, not that we're dead or anything, but we, we it was live at Jackson, California, the Motherload of Paraquest with us. You've heard him before. They were there to kick off our, our show in, in Lake Tahoe at the Biltmore. Jay Marie Yates. How are you guys? We're doing great. We're happy to be back. Yes, thank you for having us. Yeah, this isn't the first time you come to this area, is it? You've been here before? Um, This particular area, this is the first time we've been out here, yeah. yeah. So we've never been to yeah. Jackson. We've been to uh, Sonora um, and Columbia yeah. and an area so like that. that area up here we have, but we haven't gone this far up, right? I think so. Yeah. I think we're north. See, we're from Arizona, so if you guys are listening, <laughs> we're like trying to picture California on a, by a map. <laughs> <laughs> we're somewhere in California, yes. we'll put it that yes. way. Absolutely. I know we're That's up north. <laughs> well, it's what they call gold rush country because yeah. you know, a, lot, a lot of stuff happened here. So I, 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 this is the first time I come up here to, to Jackson. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a, what is it called, Jackson Rancheria, and a lot of people go yeah. to the, the casino and everything there. I've never, I've never been to that one either. Mm-hmm. On the way here, I don't think it's on the list of the investigations we're doing tonight, but on, on the way here, there's the uh, the Kennedy Mine, which yes. I understand. I'm from some, it, it, that one, there's a lot of activity there. Oh, yeah, I've heard the same. Yeah, yeah because yeah. I think there was... 
forget when, but there was an accident where I think there were like 40 people that were buried down there. Yeah, yeah, I heard the same thing. Tragic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And with tragedy, you always have hauntings. Yeah. So, not yes. always, but usually. Yeah. So, the, the locations that we're, we're investigating tonight, are you, which one are you guys going to be at? Uh, we're starting the evening out in the, the Ledger, Ledger, Ledger Hotel. We call it Ledger, but I think it's a Leger. Oh, the yeah, because the, the French, the French, yeah. Well, the, the um, one of the, she's a the psychic. I don't know if you guys met her, Maria Lagana Salas, who, yeah. who, yeah. who was performing last night. She says that the the hotel Leger, and it sounds nice when she says it. So I'm just Leger. trying to, yeah. yeah. So we're, we're gonna be at the hotel Leger this evening, investigating <laughs> ghosts. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so again, I'm assuming you haven't gone to that location either. No, actually, yesterday uh, we had an opportunity because we came up here early with Doug, and mm-hmm. uh, he took us by there on the way up to. Here in Jackson, yeah, and uh, I have to tell you, man, the location was amazing. We got a little private tour um, of the location, and uh, definitely had some like uh, some experiences uh, while we were out there. So and I didn't have much background on it, so I wasn't like susceptible to all the. the I, didn't, I didn't know too much about it. I knew it was recently featured on Ghost Adventures. Um, that's about all I really knew of the place. I knew there was another uh, friend of ours that actually investigated it, um, Tammy. Mm-hmm. Her and her team has done a lot of work out there. So I've seen all of her stuff that she's done, but we, I didn't know the gist of the complete background. So when we the got story, there, yeah, yeah, the whole story. So when we went down there, I mean, it was it was pretty amazing, especially when you start walking all the way down there. The basement. Um, oh, yeah. my God, man. The place amazing. He, I know he started feeling right away. Oh, yeah. I didn't feel really much of anything until we got deeper into it, yeah. um, and then I started feeling it. So um, it was a pretty interesting spot, so I can't wait till tonight. And then we checked out the rooms, too. We had an opportunity to go upstairs, and all the rooms were opened up. Um, and we, we got into like what the, the famous room 13, is that what it was? The one that Zach Bagan stayed in? And during... No, it was room 11. 11. Oh, okay, my bad. Well, anyways, uh, <laughs> definitely those rooms have a I would have said 13, too. Yeah, it just sounds right, right? 13. <laughs> yeah. It's like kind of like, you know, no, our friends were staying. We had friends that were staying in 13 right across the hall. But 11, um, well, we had friends that had an, uh, an incident in another room that night. Um, and they were asking us if we felt anything. So we were going through all the rooms. Right. I didn't feel anything until I went to room 11. And to be honest with you, I did not. I did not remember that was the one Zach stayed in, but that was uh, the one Are I you had. Sure, the it was eleven. Yeah, it was eleven. Oh, okay. No, but great location. <laughs> I mean, and then I guess we're going to be investigating the the cemetery right up the road. Yep. Um, which uh, allegedly has a lot of like supernatural like tales and whatnot uh, uh, in that whole area. So we'll it's see a little what different what for cemeteries for us. I mean, right. It's interesting, but. I will say in the past, we did some, you know, cemeteries, and we did have something follow us home from a cemetery once. Oh, that's um, true, and, yes. and that's actually how we got on our very first show, My Ghost Stories. That's true. Um, yes. So after that, I think we sort of stopped doing cemeteries. I just, I don't know. We both just, like, why do we need to do cemeteries? You yeah. know, they're already, but um, it's going to be interesting. Well, I mean, actually, I was going to ask, I mean, I guess in your case, yes, right. but... Is is there something in the cemeteries? Because that's it's the final resting place, but that's not where people die. See, that's what I always had a hard time with when, um, and I was recently asked this on a show I just appeared on uh, about the same question. They were like, "Why are they haunted?" You know, and it's like the, the only thing. I mean, obviously things might have happened on that you know that land prior to it being a cemetery. Sometimes yeah. you have bodies that are removed and they're not marked correctly. Some theories might suggest that these things are um, not at rest. Because they were moved to a different location, they don't have any identifying markings, so like kind of like that history's lost. Also, you have to understand a cemetery in and of itself is a place where people go for year after year and year, and they mourn the loss of their loved ones. So they bring all that emotion, all that energy into that location. Eventually, they end up dying themselves. So a lot of times.
sometimes you have these stories where we visited locations of cemeteries where they see a person kneeling before a headstone or a gravesite or a marker, um, and it's like you know this mist of a ghost or something. And I really believe that's that residual energy left behind of the living that was coming there to mourn the loss of the dead. So yeah. not so much that it's intelligent that it can communicate with you in some of these cases, but that it's it can it's, even it's a happen marker. with somebody living. I mean, you right. can get residual hauntings from living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So say if you live in a home. And somebody rocks in a rocking chair for, say, 20 years, and they move, and you buy that house. And they leave you that can hear chair. that. And no, not even leave that rocking True. chair. Yeah. I mean, and you can hear a rocking chair. I mean, yeah. it's a residual hearing of a haunting. Yeah. So, And the person's still alive. So, it, it, And that's how I think sometimes cemeteries, because so much sadness goes into people going and visiting cemeteries. Another thing I will say, uh, I know the one cemetery we had an experience in, it, back in the day, no one could afford to bury their loved ones. So what they did is they snuck in at nighttime, and they buried their loved ones. So mm-hmm. they're unmarked 100%, and yeah. so that no one even knows they're there. So they bury the bodies of their family members on yeah. top of the caskets that were already buried. So, well, I mean, they're not identified. So as like history goes on and time goes on, you know, no one knows that. Maybe their immediate family knew that because they were the ones that buried them. But, you know, 100 years from now, like, there's nothing left. You know, there's, like, maybe these things are trying to reach out, and that history is trying to be told, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was actually, I was going to bring up uh, the fact that we're investigating tonight for, mm-hmm. for you guys when you lead mm-hmm. public tours, or investigations, I'll call them, not tours, investigations. Right. Is it better for you guys to to go in there blind, we'll say, or, like, like you did, go out there and scout the location beforehand? You know what? I mean, uh, it's it can go both ways. I mean, it was it was beneficial for us to go to the ledger early to kind of get the history and know like the layout. Leger, uh, Leger, <laughs> hotel Leger. Yes. Uh, it was good. It was good that <laughs> we were able to go out there <laughs> <laughs> and be able to get the history, so that way we can kind of maybe like help guide other people that are there. Right. Um, but generally speaking, on our investigations, and Marie and I like to go in as cold as possible. Um, because I don't want to be influenced by the information I already know. So I'm looking for truth. I'm not looking for, you know, like me to be able to validate someone else's claims. If you're saying the place is haunted, I, sometimes I don't even want any of the details. My case organizer will get those details. I'll, I'll have them if I need them later on. But I want to go in there dry first and completely cold um, and not knowing. So that way if I'm catching stuff, I'm not being, I'm not being influenced by something I've already been told. So yeah. I want it to be organic. I don't want it to be something otherwise. Usually any case that we get... We always will be the first ones to go in yeah. just because we don't want to hear anybody else's experiences or anything like that. We want to go in there fresh and think. And I mean, like he said, there are some when it's a serious matter of like a residential, we do get the um, information of them just because we want to talk to the family first right. before we even investigate anything. Because um, sometimes when you do a residential, sometimes after you talk with them, you might not even have to investigate their home. Um, So a lot of times people think, oh, to, you know, fix this problem, it's all about investigation. No, No, it's not. And a lot of times it's actually speaking to somebody and teaching them and actually helping them through, you know, a haunting and stuff like that. That's true. Which this is why I'm going to stay tonight. I'm going to stick with the with the because you guys are there, <laughs> and kind of I'm kind of waiting for it here. Right. I'm going to take our cameras with us, so I'm going to wait uh-huh. for you know an emotional moment when you when you have to cry. I'm waiting for you to cry here. I, I'm trying to pick up something. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, when you're passionate about something, sometimes it comes on. I'm not one to cry, but when I de- these flies are going to make me scream. Though. <laughs> um. Uh, definitely, like some of these these topics. See, that's organic, lately, like that. That is very organic. <laughs> that is very organic. 
He don't like bugs at all. So if you want to get him to scream, scream. like a girl, just, just get him a grasshopper, <laughs> a good-sized okay. grasshopper. The story about this grasshopper is, is that we had returned late one night from an investigation. We had to pick our kids up from my sister's house, and, and we were returning back to the home. And there was a grasshopper that was like probably like 12 inches long. Oh no, what's not? <laughs> Maybe it was two feet. Oh my God. But it was big. Okay, it was uh, it was like that big. No, it wasn't, baby. That it was big. like this size. That's big, regardless, right? So I did. I <laughs> it's a regular size grasshopper. It was a regular size grasshopper. So <laughs> it, it acted like it was gonna jump on me, and I freaked out. And my autistic son, uh, Stephen, uh, you know, being the smart owl he is, is like, uh, Dad, you're such a pussy. <laughs> and he walked up, took his shoe off. Killed the grasshopper, <laughs> and we were able to enter the house. So he saved my life that night, so I'm kind of in debt to him. Actually, he didn't kill the grasshopper. What did he do? No, he batted the grasshopper. I thought he hit it with a shoe. Well, that, no, I, would, I wouldn't have gone inside the house. I thought it was dead. He batted the grasshopper. He don't like killing things. <laughs> in oh. Jay's mind, he, he killed yeah, the, he killed the evil grasshopper, the, the giant grasshopper. Now the truth is I try out. to teach my, ki- my kids not to kill things. Just move them away. Wow. Well, I didn't know that. I really thought it was dead. Well, again, I said... The J, you you have to kill have the. To, hey, I just got to pat him and say, "Yes, dear, it's dead. It's <laughs> no, gone." No, I'll, I'll do demons, I'll do ghosts, I'll do possessions and poltergeists and things like that. I don't want to deal with the bugs. See, I I'm okay. Don't get me wrong. I don't like bugs, but I won't be as bad as him. Mine is the flying birds or bats. Uh uh-uh. uh, I will scream like a a little girl, church girl. Well, I mean, if you were a, a car, I'd get it. You know, the birds flying over you. Okay, that's that's could be scary. Right. But but I mean, pe- you're right. People are probably asking, so I'll ask for them. Yeah, you deal with some dark entities, some really <laughs> scary stuff. Why why bugs? I don't know, man. Like, and if a demon appeared like a bug, that would scare the shit out of me. You know? <laughs> or like, you know, like I mean, don't that was, give him idea. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, I already told him when I die, I'm actually coming back <laughs> as a grasshopper, and I'm gonna be like pecking them like this with yeah, my hand. It's definitely that's what you call love. <laughs> Thank you so much. For your I appreciate that. Uh, I love you, though. <laughs> no, I mean, but, but me, I mean, really, like, you deal with that. That yeah, would scare yeah, anybody. Scared. But I think what? you have to compensate somehow, right? I mean, you have to have the. I'm, I, I've, dude, there was a, a moment there. We were taking some really dark cases, and I started having weird phobias of everything: driving, um, bridges, oh, water. Um, heights, flying. Yeah, he would go anywhere. Um, communicating with humans. I mean, like everything. I was, I was getting crazy because I was taking these cases so much. You really have to sometimes take a step back and just kind of realize it. And I lost a lot of those phobias, but I'm still scared of the grasshoppers and other stuff. But you got to be scared of something, right? I mean, and it's not that I don't guess I'm not scared of ghosts, but it's when you're in a situation and you're in a dark room and you're in there investigating and you're calling upon this thing to make itself known to you and even though you're asking for it when it finally does reach out and touch you I have a tendency of screaming like a girl and the, and the reason for that is is because I wasn't <laughs> expecting the response <laughs> so it does, does happen if you ever wanted to scream you just take Jay with you ghost hunt and you'll get it because yeah, it's, it's so interesting bad. recently this happened we were in the Mtronics in Chandler Arizona and we were doing an investigation and uh, like we were catching some high levels of electronic magnetic field in this particular room. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and isolate myself in there and kind of bait myself. So we, she ends up locking me in there because she hates me. <laughs> and I'm sitting in there, and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden, the K2 meter is going crazy. It's just red, red, red. And I'm excited, you know, and I'm showing, hey, you guys catching this on film? And, oh, yeah, yeah, we got it. And about that same time, like, a female, like, got real close and intimate into my ear and started whispering something. Dude, I lost every bit of control of my reality, and I just completely went nuts. Started screaming. You thought I was having a heart attack, 
and like you know the way he screamed like to be honest with you okay the door we were investigating this location and all of a sudden Jay and our son was over in this location all of a sudden this door just flies right open and I'm like hey the door just opened Jay's like okay I'm gonna go in there so Jay walks right in there so and I'm like badass. and I'm paranormal doing, badass and I'm I'm doing live until Facebook. they actually came and talked to me later. so <laughs> everybody's telling me to lock Jay in there because I'm always messing with Jay when we're you know you have to have fun oh, yeah. I mean when you're doing these investigations I mean yes be serious but you have to have fun with it as well. I mean, so her, her her idea of fun is locking me into a very haunted yes, hallway because you with know, no it, other exit but the door that you've locked. It was very interesting, and I couldn't even go through that Everybody door. Everybody in Facebook loved it, and I ran the other way, <laughs> and I couldn't get out that door. So yeah. But hey, I let you out. You did. You did. Well, you screamed like you were dying of a heart attack, though. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, you guys know. An investigation isn't just what you see on TV. Sometimes you have to be there for days, weeks, yeah. months, oh, yeah. or something happens. So people understand that. Gotta I mean, pass the time somehow. Yeah, and that's why Marie and I we focus a lot. I feel like a hair on me from you, babe. What the heck? Um, <laughs> it's that grasshopper. It's crazy. <laughs> like um, that's why Marie and I we focus a lot on trying to do like um, to, to help with the manifestations of haunting. So we do a lot of different things than what other people are doing. Like you know we do a lot of baiting, and I mentioned that earlier. So we'll set up scenarios and role plays that's not really happening out there in the field with intent to cause something to happen. We'll go in there with intent and, and do things with intent for these things to happen. Like Maria, oftentimes isolation sessions that we do with her work out amazing for us, and we don't have to sit there for hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, to have something happen. I'm um, always, I'm ghost bait. I'm so used to Jay bringing a chair. You're going to sit in this spot right here. And I'm like, okay. Because a sense of vulnerability when you're in a location, we believe that that helps to self-generate more energy inside of a location. So if you're putting yourself vulnerable, if you're faced up against a wall and you have this whole room to your back, right, and you're just sitting there and you're just waiting and concentrating on that location, oftentimes things <laughs> will happen um, when that's occurring because you have fear response. Your body's creating, it helps Everybody to always asks, it. why don't they go, we don't, why don't we use Jay as ghost bait because he screams a lot more than like me and I'm like because if we do put Jay as ghost bait all, right, all you're going to do is scream and yeah right well <laughs> you one thing me about in the me room. it's I just I'm able to actually sit there and you'll see the things happen around me mm. but because I don't I don't scream so this is a lot of what we've been doing. We've been doing like a lot of live feeds. Don't get me wrong. There's moments I scream. I do. I, I, there's moments I have screamed. Or I, a lot of times I don't scream. I just say, okay, something's touching me. I'm not feeling very good right now. I mean, I'm able to say it very calmly instead of Jay. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're saying that right now. We just uh, recently investigated a location in Yuma. Remember this, Marie? Oh, that was a different And, and we were walking through the hotel, right? And well, Marie, she completely ghosts out. And when she does this, she kind of goes in this like trance where she's like, oh, she's got to keep moving, got to keep moving. Yeah, my and team calls it Blair Witching. I do a Blair Witching. <laughs> Witchy. <laughs> but we got halfway down a hallway, and your back started burning like crazy. You started going nuts. Okay? And now I did afterwards because I started seeing these shadows and stuff all around Yeah, see, us. you were starting to scream with me. But you freaked me. out. You did freak out. You did scream. You but did it yell. was hands all over well, me. Well, well, yeah. Well, I mean, I got to take her side here because <laughs> when your back starts burning, okay, that, that hurts. Yeah, it does hurt. But when, like you said, when you when you go in there investigating, you're calling, you know, come talk to me, and somebody whispers in your ear. I hate you don't scream. I, yeah, I, I scream when they whisper in my ear. I know you do, but I don't. I'm not expecting. I mean, that's almost like I only being a firefighter, and yeah. then you're scared because wait, the the building's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, 
it's a weird thing. It, it never changes. Everybody will tell him, and like, why do you scream? You're asking it to talk. He just does. Me, I. There has been some incidents when it's burning or like the burning sensation in this one. That building. is true. You do scream when you're actually in pain. I scream when I'm like feel like well, I'm like yeah. gonna die. They can't Say thank would. You. <laughs> like you came here to do this and you're screaming about. It. It's just that it's that response though, and I think that's what makes us really successful on Even investigation. Even when I'm getting though. scratched and burning, I honestly don't scream. But we bring the emotion to the location, yeah. which then brings us evidence, which brings us all these amazing opportunities we have. Yeah. So I mean, if we weren't that emotional as investigators, I don't think we'd nearly have as much. And activity. it never changes. It's just well, who he is. It's kind of fun and exciting. And I, I will honestly say I've tried to change him. Like, okay, we're gonna sit here. You're not gonna scream. And I, you just turn around. <laughs> and it, he does. It's just his, it's like an automatic response. But it, it, when it, our son it, sneezes, he screams. <laughs> this my son screams sneezes so loud. And he really does. But he screams from it, and I'm like. I'm like a paranoid schizophrenic now <laughs> because of the freaking paranormal. It screwed up my whole life. Just kidding. You know, you're you're already established and everything, but that, that could have been you could have trademarked that. Yeah. The paranoid paranormal investigator. <laughs> <laughs> oh my that's god. Good. No, that's great. That actually that sums it up right there. No, but uh, you know, it, a lot of it is like it's you're out there and it's exciting when it happens. So the scream isn't always like a whole, whole it is fear. But I mean, it's, some of it is but excitement. But it's so real, though. I mean, that's a thing. It ain't like, oh, he's doing a. It's no. such a real scream. You can yeah. tell me all day long, Jay. You're gonna have an experience when you walk inside this basement, and you're, you tell me for a whole month. I get there, and, I, and it happens. I'm still probably gonna have a response similar. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, let me ask you guys this. I mean, I, I, I didn't ask you this when we were at Lake Tahoe, and and I don't know why. I mean, you were talking about right. some strange stuff you saw back then. Uh huh. Why is it that you think that not, not just you guys, us doing the, the radio show about it, us doing the Paracon, everybody that's here, why do we have such an interest, uh, such a need to know or find out as much as we can about the other side of the unknown? I think it's just that that, that unknown is just like a lure to people because you know, even for us, the, the longer that we're in this, you would think that we'd have a lot more answers to the questions that we get from people. But it becomes a drug. It becomes an addiction. For us, it's more of a passion. It's a mission. It's more of a... Um, a life mission for us, really. Um, something that was set before us, something that we didn't look for but was created for us. But, I mean, I think that when you're looking for, you know, answers and then you get a little bit, you want more, you want more, you want more. And, and they, they only let you know like a little a bit at a time. Chip. When you eat a Dorito chip, you have to keep You're relating to paranormal to Doritos. <laughs> that's who I am. Oh, my god! I gosh. relate everything, but that's what it is. I mean, you want more and more. Yeah. I think a lot of, I think almost every single person has a different reason why they're in the paranormal, oh, to be honest with you. Um, it might be a loved one. Um, they experience something with a loved one, and they, they want to talk to that loved one. Um, it could be uh, they had experienced their own selves at one time and they want to know why and figure it out. Mine is, to be honest with you, my autistic son. Mm -hmm. um, I want the answers. Why can the, the unknown mess with my son? So that's why I got into it. Um, and every time I think I found that answer, another one pops up, another question, and I want to get that answered. So, I, so I it's think a never-ending process, yeah. and I think that's why people become so addicted to it. It becomes like this obsession to where you're constantly trying to, you're either trying to disprove your evidence or you're trying to prove it. Whatever aspect you take as a paranormal investigator, you just, you get a little bit, you want more, you want more. Like, you know, like, and that's where some people get like caught up in problems because a lot of these new guys coming into the field, they see these great shows, they see, oh, wow, demonic possession and, you know, demons, and they're like, wow, I want to have that. Like, dude, once you're finally on that, 
you don't want that. Dude. Yeah. I mean, huh. it's a whole other world. And, and, and like these these kids saying that they're on demonic cases every week, and there's no oh, way. No, it's impossible. There's no way. You know, hundreds of cases, two I will cases. honestly say a lot of times when people are saying demonic cases, if there's a bad person in the world and they die, I'm pretty sure they're probably going to be a bad be person. A bad person. Yeah. In the, and I will tell you, that person can put themselves acting like and form themselves as being a demon or something. Right. Um, so people need to learn, like, the difference instead of calling everything a demon because it's not. I mean, it's usually probably somebody that's bad <laughs> that's in the bad world. Profiling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm profiling. Paranormal profiling. Yeah. There you go. New show. <laughs> yeah, I was say, there you go. New show. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I mean, that's that's the... Something I wanted to ask you guys, like, why, why, why is that? And you're right, everybody does have a different. Like, for example, we do this show mm-hmm. because we don't present ourselves as, as experts. I'm not a paranormal researcher. Right. I don't, but but yeah, she's not here now. But my, my partner, we've both had experiences, real experiences. Right. Me when I was a kid, when, same with her, uh-huh. and I still have them now. So I I, I know I'm not going to get answers, but I I, I want to use this show. Because I know we're worldwide, we're on the internet. I want, I want, to, I want people to hear us, hear people like you, yeah. Doug, people that, that come on and, uh-huh. and, and and they say, hey, I've heard this, I felt this, I scream like this. But to them, it's okay. I'm not crazy. Other people are feeling this too. That that's how I I, I approach the paranormal. So that's why we do this yeah, show. Yeah, and everyone has that mission. They have that that pool that kind of brings them in. I mean, and, and just like you know, for us and, and for many, there's just so many different ways of approaching an investigation. Yep. Like Marie said, sometimes we don't even investigate locations. We find it more beneficial to sit there and, and console and talk to these people uh, about what they're going through, and it seems to work better than us wasting their time and ours. Um, and then the situation's resolved just by a simple conversation. So it's not an investigation. It always isn't the answer to the, to the problem, you know. Yeah, so everybody's waving at us. It's not because they like us or anything. They're trying to tell us it's time to go investigate. So I oh, know. Oh, okay, gotcha. yeah. Let, let's wrap it up before we do. Though, let everybody know where they can watch you, catch up with you, everything. Absolutely. Um, so our show, uh, Haunted Case Files, actually just got picked up by Travel Channel. So it'll be airing on Travel Channel November 18th. We have a total of six episodes that both Marie and I will be appearing in. Uh, we're bringing you amazing locations, amazing stories. Um, and we didn't think we could trump the first season, but the second season is going to be a lot better. More intense, yep. lots of scares, and, and the great thing about it is uh, all the footage you're seeing is real footage, things that yeah. we've caught out in the field uh, with real commentary from us, the investigators. So uh, tune in to Travel Channel November 18th, uh, and uh, the show begins then. That's Haunted Case Files Season 2. And Make you- sure you watch it in surround sound. Oh, there you go. Because more Jay screaming. That's true. Oh, you gotta, That's true. He is screaming quite often in this one. So, and we have some events coming up as well. I oh, yeah. Mean, Shall we plug some events? Um, yeah. yeah, go to our website, uh, YatesFamilyHaunting.com or TheCopsCrew.com. You can find all of our events listing. We're going to Slaughterhouse in Tucson, which is featured on Travel Channel and Ghost Adventures. We're going to be there February 23rd of 2019. Um, we're also uh, December 17th. We're going to be at Vulture City Mines. So, we just... Uh, we just kind of set that up here recently, so we are going to And a be... lot more to come with Vulture Mines, oh, yeah. too. So. Lots, lots of stuff. So it's going to be an awesome Possible location. Paracon uh, next year, so we'll see about that. But, uh, yeah, just uh, check our websites out, and then you'll be able to get all the information. But thank you for having us on, though. It's always a no, pleasure. No, I appreciate oh, it. Always a pleasure, yeah. yeah. And I will put everything up on the uh, show description. You guys awesome. can find it out there. So now, let's go investigate and awesome. hear you scream, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a for sure thing. Uh, you're such an <laughs> asshole, Marie. <laughs> So there you go, the final two interviews recorded earlier this month at the Mother Lord Paraquest in Jackson, California, which, was, which by the way, was organized by our very own paranormal consultant, Doug Carnahan. So thanks for having us out there. Doug, 
Now, we're going to do it again. We're taking it out live on the road. You're going to hear us do a regular, normal episode next week, the first week in December. You're going to hear Wednesday Darkling, Raven, Hawthorne give you the news, and myself, of course. Uh, I don't think Doug's, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to talk about, but uh, if we need him, we'll call on Doug to give us a little bit of um, uh, guidance if it's something paranormal. But we'll all be back to normal, whatever normal is around here. We're back to normal uh, next Wednesday. But then... We're going to take the show back on the road again. As all of you know that have become regulars, and I'm seeing a few of you that are becoming regular listeners every week. Uh, Those of you who are becoming regulars, you can come out and meet us if you're in the Sacramento area or if you want to make your way there. On Saturday, December 8th, the Old Norse Yule Gathering will be happening at the Scottish Rite Temple in Sacramento. Artists and vendors will be happening. We'll be there from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. That means workshops, live entertainment, music, food, drinks, our favorite uh, part of that live entertainment will be Paranormal Perception. We'll all be out there. I'll be there, of course. You'll meet Wednesday, Wednesday Darkling, my new co-host. You'll also meet Raven. She's going to be out there also, even though we there might not be a lot of news for her to talk about, but she'll jump on the microphones and we'll, uh, we'll talk. Of what else? Paranormal. Of course, we'll talk to some of the guests, the special guests that are there. Now, if you're there and if you're not shy, you want to come say hi to us. We're very, very friendly, as you'll see. But if you're not shy, you're more than welcome to sit down with us and talk paranormal talk your experiences what while you listen to the show what you, what and who you'd like to listen on paranormal perception as we move on so we love meeting our listeners saying hello to, to you guys in person and i'm sure you will vice versa like meeting us also again artists and vendor area is from 11 a.m to 5 p.m that's free admission anybody can come in that evening however 6 p.m to midnight is the great viking feast there's music mead and a whole lot more. I'm assuming that means a lot of food. I, I, I'm sensing a theme here again. Food, food. Uh, yeah, like you wouldn't. So that's going to be happening again from 6, 6 p.m. to midnight. However, a couple of things you need for that one. One, you need to be 18 years or older. Second, you need tickets. That one's a ticketed event. So to get the tickets, you got to go to ticketbud.com. Ticketbud.com. I have a link on the show description. You guys can click on there and get your tickets. All the information, guests, times, everything you could possibly possibly want to know and probably even things you didn't want to know, but they're there at facebook.com slash NorCalBHS slash events. All the info's right there. It's presented by the Kingdom of Heron Productions and our friends at the Northern California Black Hat Society. Of course, they're going to be there. We're going to be there. Hopefully, we'll see you there. Again, that's happening Saturday, December 8th at the Scottish Rite Temple in Sacramento, the Old Norse Yule Gathering. Now, the rest of the December the rest of the year really you're gonna hear a few of the interviews that we recorded there but we'll also start doing a lot more regular episodes where wednesday and i actually sit down in the studio and record and have guests and uh, different topics Uh, wednesday and i were talking about it just the other day as a matter of fact we want to talk not just you know the paranormal the ghost that that's yeah the obvious but we also want to talk cryptozoology that means lock the Loch Ness monster we talked about bigfoot already we talked about uh the chupacabra we, a lot of different things we also talk want to talk about some metaphysical things we also want to talk about uh well i won't give it all away here i'll just say keep on listening you'll see it's not just gonna be the ghosts it's not just gonna be the demons don't worry doug we're gonna Call, in, call on you every now and then because we will talk about that also um, uh, depending on some of the guests that we have. We're also going to feature, uh, and again, this Wednesday night, we really want to know, we want to hear from you guys. We also want to feature, very similar to the other show that I do, 
We want to do interviews not just with paranormal researchers, with people in the, in the field. We also want to talk to actors, directors, writers on horror films, the, uh, the the paranormal reality TV shows that are out there. We want to talk to them, not just in a you know fangirling. Oh, oh my, oh my God, you're, you're you're the greatest. We love you. Not not like that's not what we do here. But we want to talk to them and get to know what is the point of this. Why are you doing these TV shows? Is it for fame, for fortune? Because I think some of them have that already. But what's what's the point? What do you what do you? That's great. You got your fame, your fortune. But somebody who's actually genuinely interested, really wants to learn more about the paranormal world. What are they getting from your show? Those are the kind of questions that we're going to ask here in Paranormal Perception. So be on the lookout for that. Again, Wednesday and I really, really want to know if you guys even want to hear that. So let us know. Paranormal Perception at gmx.com paranormal perception at gmx.com that's our email we'll both see it and just tell us yes we want to hear that or tell us who you want to hear from who you want us to have on 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 the show not just tv people and paranormal reality show people but anything what topics do you want to hear us talk about uh because we got a few i mean again i'm not gonna run down a list because you just just listen you just keep on listening and again seriously thank you to all of you guys this will Last week was the the week that we all give thanks. We give thanks. We're we're a pretty young ep, uh, show, three going almost just about three months old, but we're growing. I see the listens, I see the downloads, I see I see you guys jumping on our social media. So it's there. We're building a regular uh, a regular group of listeners. We appreciate you. We really do. And again, this is your show. This is our family here. We'll build our own little paranormal family. So let us know what you want to hear. So there there it is. We'll be back next week. Um, again, it's a regular episode. Well, I was going to say live, but they're all live. But, I, I mean, it's it's a real episode. We'll put it that way. Where Wednesday and myself will sit in the studio for once. We're not scared of it. We're not, I've gotten a couple of emails saying, are you guys scared of your studio or something? No, it's not haunted. I don't think. At least Wednesday hasn't felt anything. She hasn't said anything. If it is, I guess she'll be the first to know. Or Raven, one of the two. They, uh, I'm sensitive, but they're they've they've got the gift. Both of them, they they'll know, they'll see. The uh, Wednesday will probably see and hear. Raven will see. They haven't said anything, so we'll, we'll see. Maybe the uh, any if there's any spirits here, they're hiding until we actually do an episode here in the studio. That will happen next week. Hopefully, we'll see all of you there and get ready to close off 2018 and get ready for an even bigger 2019. So we'll see you next week right here. On Paranormal Perception. Follow Paranormal Perception on Twitter at ParaPerceptShow and on Instagram at Paranormal Perception. And watch our videos on Vimeo.com slash Paranormal Perception. Paranormal Perception. Perception was conjured by the audio wizards at 22 Creations Multimedia, LLC.